Welcome to my friend's friends. Now I don't know what to do. I know. Because I always say that one. confusing you. <laughs> it's a Saturday evening. We've been chit-chatting for a few hours, catching up on the week, which is wonderful. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. What? Super good. It feels like a few hours. I guess it was only an hour and a half. Yeah. <laughs> The time just flew by, though. Oh, I know, but I was so much looking forward to just chatting with you after this crazy week that I had. So, and now mm-hmm. I'm looking forward to podcasting with you. I know it's so good. I've been looking forward to it, and I'm so excited about um, this chat that we're going to have about our book chapter that we read. So, Simone, how about you lead us into this chapter and tell us what it's all about. Chapter four of Big Friendship, How We Keep Each Other Close by Aminatou So and Anne Friedman. And they um, wrote this book together. They are also podcasters. And we have been reading this book together on the pod and are absolutely loving it. This chapter is chapter four, I Don't Shine If You Don't Shine. And I personally thought that this chapter was so perfect for you, Paris, because a lot of the themes in this chapter are centered around work, friendship, career success, and what they call shine theory. And we're going to get into what they define as shine theory while we get into the chapter. And that, I just have to start it off because I haven't told you this yet is such a wonderful compliment. So thank you, because that makes me feel like I'm... If you read this chapter and thought about me, that makes me feel like I'm doing something right. So thank Mm. you for that compliment. (laughs) You're so welcome. And I think that's really clear also from the friends that you've brought on the podcast, that you clearly have strong, positive work relationships. Mm -hmm. Um, So we'll get into that more. But... um, Let's jump in. Anne and Aminatu in this chapter talk about how friendship has been the sources as some of some of their biggest professional leaps. They are women, as they put it, for whom work is a huge part of our identity in a way that wasn't true for either of our mothers. And I think that that also holds true to to an extent uh, to both of us. Mm-hmm. We are both really excited about work and both had... Uh, did your mom work? Can you remind me? She worked... She, yes, yes. She worked and then she quit her job at um, Wang, Wang Industries mm. in computers. She quit her job at Wang when she was mm-hmm. pregnant with me and then she did work, but she worked uh, self-employed as a Mary Kay consultant for the cool. duration of my life. <laughs> yeah. My parents did um, Amway. Uh-huh. Uh, okay. In a, in, a, in a very chill, very cool, uh, as, as far as you can do with multi-level marketing, and Amway specifically is a bad rap mm-hmm. for, <laughs> yeah. for people uh, and how they conduct themselves mm. but i will just say they my parents have also were, done that as well and that was part of our childhood mm. as well. well i actually and this is actually i just thought of it so i know that mary Kay is 
kind of along those same lines. However, you know, I grew up in it. Yeah. And Mary Kay was a pioneer in rights for family and Mm -hmm. for women. And honestly, a lot of what Mary Kay preached is Mm -hmm. (laughs) my childhood and what I was then taught. And so although, I mean, again, my, my mother was mildly successful. I mean, she wasn't um, making... She wasn't making six figures or anything, but she was a mildly successful. We had a free car for many years um, given to us by the company. And, um, (laughs) but she, so it wasn't a main focus, right? She did it so that she could be at home with us. Um, But Mm -hmm. I think that the irony is that that professional piece of her shaped me and shaped me into Mm. a lot of this because that was what it was about. It was about being there for your family it was it was Mm. that was you know mary Kay, and how i'm gonna screw it up but she said i think it was god first family second career third and that Mm -hmm. was her mantra so um i think that that actually (laughs) ironically has seeped into then how i do view the career piece even though it's really important to me there are the pieces of the career that are so important, right? Are those connections with the people? But anyway, so mm-hmm. long answer to your yes. <laughs> yeah. Your question. I love that. Oh, so good. And I love thinking about, you know, mom's getting it in whatever form of, mm-hmm. you know, career. That's great. All right. So in the chapter, you and I both loved um, when Anna Naminatu said, we love and admire our friends so much and we want the world to respect and reward them for their effort. We want our friends to demand more for themselves and get it. And I think you and I have both really identified with this um, in different you know, relationships and different, whether that be career or I would say relationally too, we could totally relate to loving our friends, admiring them, and really, really wanting them to get that, you know, recognition and reward for being their amazing selves and doing amazing work. And that, again, this is so funny. I can't believe I didn't think of this whole Mary Kay connection until like now, but... (laughs) Like I mentioned, it's so complimentary of you to say that this chapter reminded you of me because for Mm -hmm. me, a lot of this stuff I take totally for granted. This is completely natural for me, right? To Mm. want my friends to know that they deserve more, right? And and that they should get it and that I will be Mm -hmm. there to support them to get it and to push them to get it because sometimes... And then that's actually another beauty of having friends of all ages because, you know, Mm. sometimes I forget that I'm now how many, six years older than Jamie, which isn't a lot. Mm -hmm. But if you take that into, you know, I've been working now for over 10 years and she's only been working for just over five or under five, really. And Mm -hmm. that, and same, so with Stephanie, right? Stephanie then has another five years on me in terms of, and and Uh that experience of knowing what Jamie deserves is so 
helpful anyway. So, and I would say you guys have this really beautiful friendship slash work relationship that's super unique because you guys initially started out obviously there's an age difference in your friendship but also in your working relationship you were kind of in a mentor position right is that am I remembering mm-hmm. that correctly yeah. mm-hmm. and yeah. you guys have bonded in a way that while I'm sure she still gets like wonderful wisdom and that's kind of what we're talking about right is Mm -hmm. like that wisdom of being friends with someone older than you and Mm -hmm. who are just who has more experience in a certain area your friendship from what you've told me has kind of like become this more mutual close bond that's less focused on that you know, I'm mentoring you and, you know, you're mm-hmm. up in one place and someone's in another place and, right? Yeah. And I think that part of that is because we were, it's, I mean, it's fun. We were friendly and friendish before she became, before we had this mentory relationship. Mm, interesting. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. more of that we were friendly and then when the opportunity came for again because it's so special at our company I mean like Jamie said all of her friends are from work like it's just this big family (laughs) for better or for worse um so yeah anyway no it's it's, it's very interesting it's I, I had never kind of really thought about it but I think that like you said it is a unique relationship and I'm just very thankful that I get to experience work and to we get to help each other with work stuff as well as with quote Mm -hmm. normal friendship stuff because we have a unique understanding of what's (laughs) actually going on at our company and the same goes for Charlotte and the same goes Mm -hmm. for Stephanie (laughs) so I think that that's Mm -hmm. yeah definitely unique for sure Mm, I love it well, okay, and then I'm going to talk about this really um, interesting uh, concept in different regions of the country. Different questions get asked when you're getting to know somebody. So in Los Angeles, the question that gets asked is, how are you? In New York, it's who are you? And in D.C., it's definitely what do you do? And my thought was that, oh, what do you do is also a very American question that Americans tend to ask of each other in general when you're getting to know somebody. And that when you, when we as expats have moved abroad, we have realized that (laughs) that question is not what the rest of the world often asks when they're getting to know somebody. Mm -hmm. Um... And so I was wondering about your experience with that question um, and if you have any perspectives on maybe what question. Well, just the really quick, you know, so in, in Germany, you don't ask what you do because that's small talk and Germans as a stereotype don't do small talk. And so asking uh, that is like, what do you, you know, it's just kind of like, What's the weather like? Uh, However, they do ask, how are you? And unlike in Los Angeles, and this is, again, 
uh, a stereotypical complaint of Germans on Americans is that you ask, how are you? And don't expect an answer. And, you know, I have always been so Mm. honest with when people ask me how I am, I tell them exactly how I am. And it's so funny in England Mm -hmm. when they're like, oh, you're Mm -hmm. actually telling me how you are. Um, So in Germany, it's the same. They expect you Mm -hmm. to give an answer with details. Um, You know, uh, uh, like I said, unlike in Los Angeles, where Mm -hmm. when I worked at a coffee bean, they'd say, hi, how are you? Can I have a large coffee? And I would would answer them, and then I would take their order. (laughs) It's like a point of... I yeah, don't know, stubbornness. I am good, thank you. How are you? Oh, a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> what was your experience in Italy? So, in Italy, they ask how you are. You, they do not expect a full response. Um, as far as we experienced, I also would try to answer in depth. <laughs> with how I was and what was going on and um in my very broken you know baby Italian um this would often be in church I have a very distinct memory of being asked many times like how I was and me trying to give an answer and their eyes just glazing over and being like, okay, she's trying to figure out how she tells, like, how to tell me how she is, and I don't really care, or I don't really mm-hmm. want an answer, you know. And mm-hmm. um, that was that was tough for us. So it added layers upon layers of like rejection <laughs> to Aww. me because it on me because it was like, oh, you don't really care, and my mm-hmm. Italian's not good enough mm-hmm. to like really say. I don't know. So that was our experience in Italy. Um, but I actually thought it was really refreshing that they didn't ask, what do you do so much? Um, because when I got to Italy, I had eight months of not having a job and just job hunting, which is soul crushing. If mm-hmm. anybody is job hunting, I love you and I'm sorry <laughs> because it is just endless rejection until you find that good fit. Um, but they didn't ask what we did for a living um, because Honestly, it's kind of sad, but they just don't have very many opportunities there. The economy sucks. Um, there's not a lot of jobs. So they don't really ask what you do very much um, for, for work. And they often, when you're getting to know them, talk about other things like their hobbies, their family, where they That's live. That's very cool. Um, it's very cool and mm-hmm. I really appreciated it, um, especially in a time where I was having to wrestle with my identity not being in work mm. um, or whatever. I'm a student, you know, this is my mm-hmm. occupation. They're just not as concerned about it. And I think it's really beautiful and gives a lot more um, space for being a full human. I like that too. This next part of the book that we wanted to talk about was this mantra that Anne and Aminatu have as friends. And they say to each other when they're going through these intense career shifts, fake it till you make it. And 
I have had a mantra with a friend in the past when we were going through a hard time or hard times simultaneously, and it was moment by moment. We were really trying to just like center ourselves, focus on, you know, one moment at a time, not get overwhelmed or despair or anything. And um, that was a really bonding thing for us. Yeah. And so I was just curious if you'd ever had an experience like that of like a mantra that you shared with somebody else. Yes, I definitely had this and it, it pops in. It was used a lot more frequently a couple of years ago, but it does pop in every once in a while and it is chill the F down. <laughs> <laughs> and um, ironically, you know, sometimes we change it to chill the F up. Like that's the case where you can you can make a big deal out of it. Ah, oh, okay, um, yes. And chill the get F more pu- get yeah, more pumped. get more pumped about it. Yeah, um, but yeah, chill the f down. It was yeah, it was a similar. It was more um, maybe maybe unlike what you were saying with like hard times and kind of going through yeah. that. It was more of just reminding ourselves that it's okay to be excited about things. And that's acceptable and totally wonderful, but also, you know, it's equally as acceptable to to take a little bit of a chill pill every once in a while and uh, not put so much on what's happening at that time. Mm. Um, because in the end, it would be great if it worked out. It would be great if these things happened, but, you know, we still have each other <laughs> if it doesn't work out. Yeah. So... Now, chill the F down. That's a good one. Oh, that's great. And did you guys like text it to each other yeah. or anything? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And sometimes I would just uh, look at her and go, you know, I would mouth like chill the F you down. You would mouth. Just chill the F down. And she knew just yeah, by oh, the yeah. shape of your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> chill the F down. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. That's great. Mm-hmm. So the chapter title. We finally get into what the chapter title is all about with kind of this laid out explanation of where Mm -hmm. this developed into. And so what uh, Aminatu and Anne came up with was something called shine theory. And it's, again, Mm -hmm. what they were doing without realizing it and then kind of put some words around it. So shine theory is an investment over the long term and helping a friend be their best. It's a conscious decision to bring our full selves to our relationships and not let insecurity or envy ravage them. It's a practice of cultivating a spirit of genuine happiness and excitement when our friends are doing well and being there for them when they aren't. And so I, I underlined this, right? One, because of what we were talking about on our last chapter three episode about bringing Mm -hmm. your full self to the relationship and being vulnerable. Yes. Um, and the thing, so when I read this too, I know you and I have talked about, and you've been very honest with your shortcomings and what you're working on when it comes to friendship. Right. And you as the Enneagram too, um, (laughs) I thought of how you actually do a fabulous job of this in cultivating the spirit of genuine happiness and excitement when our friends are doing well, because you recognized it as something you slightly struggled with Mm -hmm. that you probably do it better than those of us. It maybe quote comes more naturally to. Hmm, So I was just wondering, did that, did, 
Did you think of did that? Did I at all, like think or, about yeah. that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I totally did. I actually like wrote down when I was reading this chapter, like, this is something I have a hard time with and I'm embarrassed that I do, but like it felt so good to get to talk about it with you and be like, Am I a big baby? Like you know, yeah. is this a, is this a normal thing? You know, I think I've gotten better at it, but I, I still, you know, have a hard time or something. And I just was like vacuuming the house today thinking, oh, I'm so glad that I could share that with Paris, that she was like made me feel, I don't know, secure and like comforted and that we could, it just, I don't know, it just like... I, I totally um, identify that as, like, in one sense, a tough area, but also, like, I've said, I think I've gotten a lot better about it over time, mm-hmm. and I really feel that genuine happiness yeah. and excitement now, and um, I'm glad to hear that also other friends feel it, too. Well, and I think that that's a really key point of this sentence, is that it's a practice of cultivating, meaning that it's not a one and done thing. And again, like I said to you, you know, I am genuinely happy and excited when my friends succeed. There's always that, like I said, split second of like, I wish I could have that. And then you push it aside. And so perhaps it's, it's the length of that quote split second Mm. that is varying among people. And it's how you practice getting that that length of time where you're envious of Mm -hmm. them, you know, shorter and shorter and shorter and shorter. And that's Mm -hmm. where the piece of it's a practice um, really Mm -hmm. comes in to that. I love the word practice. And then I think that even ties into what they um, describe as having a uh, sense or heart um, that my words were like heart filled with collaboration instead mm-hmm. of competition mm-hmm. and just having that spirit and that um, I feel like I'm not actually a very competitive person. Um, like I, I, you know, want to play games where it's, mm. you know, I want to play like taboo. I don't want to like when, when we're having game night, you mm-hmm. know, Um I always want to pick a game where it's like we're a big group. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, um, I love that idea and that spirit too. I also like these collaborative games right? yeah. where you have to do things together to 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 win. There's actually a really, again, I don't know. I've played it here in Germany, so I'm going to call it a German game. It's called The Game. And the, <laughs> I, the idea is just a card. It's a very simple card game. And the idea is you've got two stacks. One of them you have to put numbers from one to a hundred and the other one you have to put 100 to one and you okay. all have the cards split among the people. So you have to coordinate oh. who plays what and, and it's a really fun game. And so, that's so cool. um, I'm a firm believer that what you practice is what you do. So what you mm-hmm. think, what you think over and over again is eventually how you behave. What you say yes. to other people over and over again is, is what you, is how you behave. So mm-hmm. again, if you're doing these collaborative games or collaborative experiences, then perhaps that shifts your mind and your thoughts Mm -hmm. and relationships to a collaborative experience rather than a competitive one. So, yeah. Yes, that's great. And they also make the point that in friendship and relationships, 
this is the long game. Mm-hmm. This is a a practice to be um, done over time. And it, that timepiece is actually really important. They make this point that the researcher Adam Grant has shown that altruism in a community is more likely to lead to an individual success, um, which is fascinating because you might think that like, you know, when we're looking at even just like the animal kingdom, you know, mm. that selfish behavior would lead to more individual success, but that's not actually true. And I was like, oh, look at that science being beautiful. <laughs> like it most of the time is. No. <laughs> like all the time. Well, and and then so that's the, the next kind of thing that I picked out there was that, you know, like you just said, a lot of people will have you believe that by sharing the knowledge you've gained, mm-hmm. you're losing your advantage. And yes. this is something that I have so starkly learned at work, right? Is that when you have new people or mm-hmm. new to the company, new to the team, new to whatever, and they you have to spend more time with them up front to teach mm-hmm. them and give them the tools. Invest. Yeah, exactly. And the time that you invest up front benefits you the in the long game exponentially and it's so i have been in in a place it's been so frustrating to watch you know a group leader in my department basically not take the time and not understand what investing in in the new people will give Mm. him in the future and so actually that was a I'm, I'm, I'm lucky that he didn't see that because it then gave me the opportunity to mm. do something that was out of my comfort zone. Um, I have no interest in being a manager and being a management position of people. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, through this experience, I realized maybe you're not as bad as you think because I really enjoyed seeing them succeed. Yes. <laughs> and oh, I, that's beautiful. And I didn't expect that. Yes. Okay. Okay. So you noted something else here that I think, especially now we can totally relate to me watching them succeed is, is me succeeding and doing that together. So like the Olympian Shalane Flanagan said, you know, when we achieve great things, it doesn't feel nearly as special if you do them alone. Yes. I completely Uh, related to this point that they were making and that Shailene said, when I work from home, I just really feel like when I finish a big project or even when I like had a frustrating customer, I know that's not what we're talking about. We're not talking about like Mm -hmm. (laughs) frustrations, but I miss being able to pop my head into my, you know, best work buddy's door and Mm -hmm. go, I finished the thing that I was working on yeah. and it, you know, or, or gosh, I just had this person send me this email. I'm frustrated by it. Mm-hmm. You know, that interaction and support of each other is so, uh, meaningful. And I think especially meaningful and now mm-hmm. when we're all more isolated, mm-hmm. Yeah, And maybe even more important that we do an extra reach out to a friend, mm-hmm. even if it's not in a work setting or a colleague or set up as, you know, I know everyone's tired of Zoom happy hours or whatever, but maybe this is just one little reminder of like, 
don't push yourself too far but if you can do a zoom happy hour like they're worthwhile they're Mm. they make a difference I think in the long run Mm. of investing in those relationships Mm -hmm. and just lubricating the (laughs) (laughs) the work friendships is like when you spend time together as people Mm -hmm. that is that makes those work interactions even better yep and that is i I will say though is definitely a cultural thing Mm, interesting changes and it 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 depends based off of the culture that you're in i think yeah so but i mean i completely relate totally you know this um moving to the new country and then basically going straight into working from home you know i was already (laughs) struggling with having left my work family to being alone into into mm-hmm. a, a new workplace where I didn't speak the language I felt self-conscious and I don't actually have anything to do with the office that I work out of and yeah. I think what you've like you said it's just that kind of like oh this was annoying and you can look over and go <laughs> did you see what so-and-so did you know and yeah yeah so I I think in this case, I am so lucky to have people in my life, namely Amanda and and you, who yeah. sometimes get play-by-plays of my day <laughs> <laughs> or these random texts or, you know, uh, audio messages of just yeah, going, a message. Yeah. So it's, again, I'm very, very fortunate to be able to still have some outlet even though it's not what I'm used to and it's not the same but like you said to have that outlet of achieving things quote together and also whining about things together (laughs) achieving things together and whining about things together are all great bonding things for friendship absolutely well okay I wanted to talk about this point that you made that was so great um, in the book, they talk about seeing something in your friend that you want to achieve your, yourself can help you get closer to who you want to be. Mm. And you had a very specific example for that. The yes. first thing that came to mind. Tell, tell me about it. Friends who speak another language. So much respect. Mm. And this was something that yeah. I think I was just... Sometimes it's good to be envious of your friends. Let's just put that out there. Because <laughs> it's motivating. Because it's motivating. I, it never really occurred to me, right, the kind of second language thing, really, until I started dating Otic. Mm-hmm. And, and then, you know, when I moved to England and I had a lot more friends who spoke English as a second language you know, and just hearing their experiences of, you know, having learned English in their home country and then having arrived in England and you just have to Mm -hmm. speak English, you know, unlike here in Germany, where if I don't speak German, the likelihood is I can probably get by with English. Mm, Even if people only know a little bit, you know, it's not like people in England study Polish (laughs) or Bangladeshi as a, you know, a language you might experience in school. No. Yeah. Right. It's going to be German, French, Spanish. Right. Yeah. So yeah. they came to to England and they had to speak English. And 
that really just one impresses me. Mm -hmm. Two, it's so motivating to go, okay, they did it. You can do it too. Right. Mm -hmm. And you know, that was part of the reason that I wanted to live in Germany because I want to learn German and I, Mm. and I knew, yeah, of course you can learn another language in a country that doesn't speak that language, but it's Mm -hmm. so much, I, I mean, my, it's so much easier when it's your everyday life. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, I am some seeing something in your friend and, you know, I think other, the other, you and Andre, right. So a lot of my friends have English as a second language. It's Mm -hmm. almost rarer. (laughs) It's almost more rare that my English speaking friends have another second language. And so let's just use Andre for an example. His Mm -hmm. level of fluency with Italian is so inspiring and motivating for me Mm -hmm. i'm like okay he did it i can do it too yeah and so so much respect to you two for going and living in another language (laughs) yeah where he he is like fluent to the point that italians ask him where he is from in italy yeah like (laughs) that's just and so you know i am so envious and jealous of that that i'm like i can do it you know like yeah so i I think that that's, it's a positive spin on maybe seeing something that you're a little bit jealous of or envious of in your friend because it, it it spurns you to maybe, uh, you know, spurs you spurs. Thank you. It spurs you (laughs) spurns. (laughs) It spurs you to find those things within yourself too. And maybe it's not the same thing. Yeah. As I know how hard it is, especially when, like you said, you moved and you were alone, your job, you speak English, you know, it's like me. I yeah. speak English in my job. I, the only opportunity I have to speak, to speak German is with my boyfriend and his flatmates on a daily basis. You know, if mm-hmm. I happen to be and at the his place. lessons that you take, you, you also take lessons. And I think that's really important to say is that you've prioritized that with your time and your finances Mm -hmm. and um i love that um we are wrapping up with our last few thoughts about this chapter and a lot of this um ending of the chapter talks about investing in people over the long term and this really cool example of um, the Obama White House. This is ultimate women supporting each other example, Mm. I think. And I just loved it so much. And they talk about how in the Obama White House, women at meetings, if a woman would suggest an idea another woman would intentionally reiterate that idea and say the name of the woman who originally mm. made that comment or whatever. And and they were actively making sure that women were being listened to. And President Obama noticed that and made an effort to uh, more intentionally um so i think he intentionally called on more women for their advice and their comments in the meetings whereas prior to that the women didn't say as much 
where they didn't comment as yeah. much. So, yeah. Or also, I think like there's just the reality that when women suggest a comment or idea or observation, they are often overlooked. And then men literally, you know, will say the exact same thing and get that acknowledgement and get that, you know, recognition. And they were actively like, no, no. Like, they were actively, you know, promoting mm. each other and mm. lifting each other up. And that was seen and rewarded, which mm. is exactly what the Shine Theory is all about. Um, so that was really exciting to me and um, also reminded me of this wonderful documentary that I watched last year called Bringing Down the House, which is all about... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez and how she and these other women's stories of um, women who ran to be elected in government and they, you know, some of them succeeded and were elected, some of them weren't, but it was just this beautiful like support system and they were connected to each other and um, I would highly recommend if anybody is interested, mm -hmm. bringing down the house was a really great um, and uplifting documentary to watch. I watched it too. It was excellent. Oh, good. So my father was telling me about this yeah. woman running for House of Representatives in New York. And so I kept hearing all this stuff from him. And so yeah. I, and I think this was afterwards, right? The, of course, the documentary mm -hmm. came out. And then so, yeah, it was excellent. It was excellent. I think I might have Good. teared up in that one too. <laughs> I I don't That's tend great. to cry and I'm not like crying, crying. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with crying. I am not poo-pooing crying. It's just not no. in my MO normally. Um, right, 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 right. But if I do cry, it is tears of happiness. That is when the tears come. It's these tears of happiness. Oh, that's so sweet. I love that. I just get so welled up with like love and joy and like <laughs> optimism for the world that I'm like a little bit of a little bit of a little misty bit of eyed? yeah, misty eyed yeah. a little bit there. Oh, Paris. I just think that's so wonderful. And I think that's a beautiful thing to end on. Did you have any other thoughts you wanted to share? No, not. No, I do not. So Simone, are there any other things that you want to close this chapter out with? Oh, okay. I have one final thought. And this is actually about last week's chapter, chapter three that we talked about, chosen families. And I just wanted to give a shout out to our blood families <laughs> our our non-chosen families mm, this um, is a good because point. we love them very much i think that chosen families sometimes um that phrase can sometimes imply that like mm. there is brokenness or that you are choosing these deep friendships over, over your, your familial relationships mm -hmm. Totally not um, true. <laughs> yeah. And I, right. I think that in this chapter, that's not the case. Sometimes that is the case. Mm -hmm. um, I'd say for you and me, we both really cherish our family relationships. Mm -hmm. And I just wanted to make a point as much as we love to encourage and celebrate our friendship relationships, that it's also worth doing a little extra reach out, little extra love you to our families too, 
because we can sometimes, I think I can neglect, Hmm. you know, a little bit. I mean, I still feel like I'm very close to my family, but, you know, we're close to our immediate families, but even, you know, those extended family Mm -hmm. relationships. I connected a ton with a cousin during um, quarantine Mm -hmm. and I hadn't like connected with her just, you know, in our adult lives. And uh, that was great. Well, I think that I keep harping on this and it's becoming more obvious as we go through this, right? Friendships are not exclusive to people that you're not related to, that Mm. you're not dating. Like they're not silos. There's overlap yes, exactly. with other yes. uh, that we have not harped on that actually. Well, I, I think <laughs> Okay. So yeah, my my right and I think that this is you're right. And there are some people that will say that their sister is their best friend or they do have cousins that are their best friends. And I think that mm-hmm. that's Thank you for calling that out. Again, the book's whole point was that you're, you could have friends that are like your family in that familial mm-hmm. relationship, that they're always there, and then mm-hmm. those become your chosen family. But I think it's also really, it is really important to remember that your family can also be your friend, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, your friend, mm-hmm. your partner they can they can also be your friend right they yeah. don't you don't have to have our favorite term mutu- mutually exclusive <laughs> just a romantic relationship they're all relationships that have these different ships in them as well so yeah. Yeah. Oh, wonderful well i love that mm-hmm. i am so excited about reading the next chapter with you and talking about it soon Sounds good. All right. Well, have a wonderful rest of your evening. I'll talk to you later. Okay. Thanks, love you. friends. Talk to you later. <laughs> Thanks, oh, wait, fiends, listeners. for joining. We have so, to tell the listeners. We have to tell the listeners because if they don't know it by now, no. <laughs> Where can you find us on the uh, interwebs? You can find us on Instagram at my friends friends pod. You can send us an email at myfriendsfriendspod at gmail.com and you can find us online at myfriendsfriendspod.com and if you're feeling so inclined leave us uh, a few stars or some reviews on anywhere that you listen to your podcasts i recently read through spotify's algorithm it's the dumbest thing in the world but you know whatever <laughs> and as always thanks to fran boyg for our magical music Thanks, Fran. Bye, you guys. Snow podcast limits here.